Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's episode is with Katie Hamilton. Katie has endured her share of heartache in her life, being a victim of sexual abuse, losing her brother in an auto accident when she was just 11, and then eventually being blindsided with a traumatic and highly publicized divorce from her ex-husband, Josh Hamilton, due to his battle with substance abuse. So today, we are talking about the very sensitive topic of divorce, the pain that goes along with it, and how to walk through it with Christ on your side. so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yes. Okay. So we are talking some fairly like heavy serious topics today, but as always, I think up front, I want to give you the space to kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are and kind of where you are right now. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so for those of you that are not familiar with me or my story. Um, my name is Katie Hamilton. I was married to Josh Hamilton. He was a major league baseball player. He also struggled with addiction very significantly. Um, I grew up as a believer. I was saved at the age of four. I grew up in a very, I would say legalistic, but also gave me a really good foundation church and school in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Uh, we memorized a ton of scripture, um, but there were also a lot of just man's rules added into it. Um, I will say I'm very thankful for that experience because I had such, I have had such a solid foundation in the word, but as I got older and study, started studying the scriptures for myself, I realized that there is a Holy spirit and he guides and directs us and shows us, um, how much he loves us and, and really does truly guide us into all truth. And that proved to be so valuable to me early on in my marriage. Um, I was married at 23. I definitely would say I kind of, um, was away from the Lord during my teenage years. Um, you know, I would always tell people, you know, this is what I believe, like, don't do what I'm doing. Cause I definitely <laughs> don't feel like I'm living, you know, like how I should be, but I knew God was my, I mean, I knew Jesus was my savior. Um, None of the foundational truths that I grew up believing ever, I never strayed from those, but I definitely, my, my walk was not where it needed to be until I got pregnant at the age of 18. I was almost 19 and I had my oldest of four girls, um, my oldest daughter, Julia, and God really used her life to kind of get mine back on track. And shortly thereafter, she was 18 months old. I started dating my now ex-husband, Josh. Uh, We dated for about four months and we got married very young and two months after he and I got married and I will say he was sober the entire time we dated. He told me that he was suspended from baseball because baseball had this 
a rule that if you experimented with drugs, which he said he experimented with cocaine two times, that they would immediately send you to rehab, which he went to Betty Ford and seven others. Um, and, you know, they suspended him. So I mm-hmm. never we went to high school together. I never saw him play a game of baseball in high school. Um, and really it was two years after we were married that I ever saw him play for the first time. But two months after we were married, he quote relapsed. And I was very confused by that because I had just found out I was pregnant. Mm. Um, we were still very much in the honeymoon phase. You know, he was so amazing when those four months that we dated and I was extremely blindsided even by the word relapse, because to me, that word w- meant that there was an addiction prior like in, a in order to have had, right. right. In order to have, you know, have something that was coined the term relapse. And I, you know, I, I felt the Holy spirit kind of drawing me back to him, mm-hmm. you know, in the, I would say six to eight months prior to us getting married, but I really hadn't ever experienced the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and hadn't really experienced um, just what it was like to have a serious personal relationship with, you know, the God of the universe, mm-hmm. um, even though I grew up in a Christian church and a Christian home. So that was that really I was so out of my element and the wisdom that was needed was so far beyond my capacity at that time. I, I honestly didn't know what else to do except to go straight to God. And I started praying and that's really when I felt the Holy spirit tell me the first time, like really speak to me. I felt mm-hmm. the Lord really speak to me and say, Josh is actually, he's going to get back into baseball. It's mm-hmm. not going to be about baseball. It's going to be so that the world can see the testimony and the miracle that I've performed in his life. And I was so excited to feel like I had heard from Jesus that I, you know, just blurted it right on out to Josh, who was coming off of a, a crack eye at the time. <laughs> and he just looked at me like I had three heads. And he was like, I can't believe you. You know, he was like, okay. You know, he was not into it. But I was so excited myself that his disinterest didn't even, right. it, it didn't even please me, you know. And in the months that, followed that first relapse, things went from bad to worse to just absolutely inconceivable destruction and addiction to the highest level. He went through $100,000 on crack, which if you don't know, it's very, very, very cheap. I mean, Mm. the fact that he's even alive is so far beyond amazing. It's a miracle in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I gave birth to our our daughter, uh, Sierra, who is now 14, I was in front of the judge when she was three weeks old, holding her, getting a restraining order and a protective order against him. Oh and the goodness. judge looked at him and she said, are you on drugs? And he said, yes. And she said, do you have any plans on getting sober? And he said, no. And then mm. she looked at me and she said, you have your protective order for, for a year. Mm. And my heart was just so, it was so broken on one hand because not only did I have this hope for this incredible marriage? But I also felt like I had heard from the Lord and then this happened. So not only was baseball not going to be an option, but our marriage wasn't going to be an option. And I thought, you know, I really thought I heard from the, from, from God, like how, like I way, you know, misjudged that one like that. 
Like I got that one way out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And God just kept telling me, Katie, wait, wait, wait. He never said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just said, wait. And I would pray just insane, an insane amount. You know, I just would pray and pray and pray. And I never heard him say no, but I would finish praying. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I'm not praying for him anymore. I'm <sighs> over it. I'm finished. And the next day, God renewed my strength, just like, like he says in Isaiah, and renewed my my desire to even pray for Josh. And when you're praying for someone at that in that type of capacity on that level and that frequently, God gives you a love for that person that you could never have imagined. It is definitely a God-given love. And I was so wanting to just be an obedient daughter of the King. But at the same time, I was dealing with serious issues with anger and resentment and unforgiveness towards Josh. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to navigate those. So I went to my pastor's house and I know I'm giving you a lot of backstory, but I just, I think it's important that you guys hear this history because 10, you know, you fast forward 10 years and I'm facing a divorce. This, this kind of gives you some, um, just, it just gives you enough backstory so you know how I formed those opinions that I did and feel so strongly about them today still. But I went to my pastor's house and he said, you know, Katie, you're just playing the rewind tape and replaying every single thing that Josh has done to you. He said, and you're angry, bitter, you know, resentful. He said, but it's not affecting Josh. It's just affecting you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that made so much sense. He said, you, you got to forgive him. And you know, at first I was like, what? No, no, I'm not probably not doing, not going to do that. Cause that's just going <laughs> to let him off the hook. And he reiterated to me the things that he said. And not only did I, did it make sense, but I knew in that moment I had the choice to be an obedient daughter or mm-hmm. disobey and stay in my own, you know, self-destructive behavior with, and, and, and it was harming my relationship and my walk and my life. And I got so excited about having the choice after living in the far country, you know, not really following the Lord, you know, during my teenage years to having an opportunity to be obedient and make what seemed to be the harder choice, but the obedient choice and the right choice. And Mm -hmm. I got so excited. I couldn't wait to forgive Josh. I called him, uh, which was a, which was a violation of the restraining order. And his grandmother put him on the phone because he was living in with her at the time. And I just told him that I forgave him. He didn't have to change his behavior. He didn't have to accept my forgiveness, but he was going to get it regardless. And similar to what he said about me telling him he was getting back into baseball, he just was like, okay, and hung up the phone. And again, his disinterest in what I had to say had no effect on me. God was so faithful to just completely free me from every ounce of anger, bitter and you know, bitterness and resentment that I had towards Josh in an instant. I'm not saying that forgiveness is always that instantaneous and the blessings may not be right, right at that moment. But for me in that moment, they were, and I have never dealt with any anger towards him in that, in that capacity ever again. And it has just been such a life lesson in forgiveness and being obedient and seeing God's blessings for obedience, because he does put these parameters in place for us as believers. And it's not because he is unfair, you know, or is trying to hold us back in any way. He's either protecting us or he has something better for us in mind whenever he puts a boundary up. 
and or gives us very strict orders are always for our good and never for our harm. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge lesson and a massive turning point in my life. And I've never, I've never forgotten that. And I've, you know, it's, it, it proved very crucial. So Josh, you know, fast forward, he ends up getting sober. He gets back into baseball. He goes on to win an MVP. Um, none of those things were without challenges. He definitely had his experience with relapse, with public, you know, photos being plastered everywhere. Um, there was a public instance with him in a bathroom in Dallas with some girl that he didn't know that was videotaped. I mean, you name it. Like I've definitely walked some very challenging public situations in my marriage. And I would worry about like my kids. There was a, a time when my kids weren't in Christian school, they were homeschooled. But prior to that, and all this stuff was being public, I was so worried about my kids and what happens if somebody says something. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was just, you know, telling God, like, you know, all these things that I was worried about with my kids and God just interrupted my thoughts and my words. And he said, Hey, Katie, they're my kids. I got mm -hmm. this. Like, you need to just trust me. And I, I did, you know, ultimately we ended up homeschooling for about five years so that we could be together as a family. Um, maybe longer than that, but God was always so faithful to give me the strength and the grace to forgive Josh and then to, and then to deal with everyone else's reactions for his, mm -hmm. for my husband's behavior and how they would never forgive him and how they couldn't believe I would stay with him, you know, but whatever God allows to, to come in our lives, he always promises to give us the grace to handle it and mm. the grace to forgive. And I know what I was forgiven for in my life and what I'm forgiven for every day because I'm so far from perfect. I need God's grace. And so, you know, of course I'm going to be extending that grace to other people. Most definitely, you know, my, my husband and my family, right. of course. So, you know, Josh really wanted me to do Real Housewives of Orange County. Hmm. Uh, I really didn't want to do the show. He thought I would like it. He had seen us do um, shows in the past together and as a family. And long story short, I ended up doing the show. It took me about three weeks to kind of get my bearings and figure out how to balance helping him with his life and his career and my family and then having this other job and all these new friendships that were amazing. It, they ended up being in incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, so far, you know, beyond my wildest imagination. I absolutely loved it. And we filmed for about four or five months, a lot of time, effort, energy, heart and soul, blood, sweat, mm. and tears, like went into that. Um, but about, I would say two months in Josh relapsed again. He also had shoulder surgery in like the same 24 hour period and had a quote unquote friend come and get him from our home, take him uh, to Houston, Texas, and ended up getting his power of attorney. And he is actually the one that filed for, divor for divorce from me. What in the world? It, yeah. Talk about like being blindsided, <sighs> you know, I mean, to have gone through everything that we had gone through to nav to have navigated all of those things. And then to have somebody else file for divorce from me just seemed so backwards and you were married for like 11 years. Yeah. We, we ended up being married for 11 years. Yeah. And, you know, I just walked some of the hardest things we'd overcome 
you know, drug addiction, infidelity, you know, just, I mean, massive, like trying times. And I felt like our marriage was thriving Mm -hmm. at the time. You know, he was writing me love letters, you know, a week or two before the divorce. I mean, just, I mean, before he relapsed, we had celebrated 10 years at Bora Bora. Response to his friend filing for, like, he has to have, like, he had to have let it happen or signed off Mm -hmm. on it, right? He did. Whenever he, sorry, whenever he relapses, Mm. he relinquishes, relinquishes control of everything for a season. Mm. And ultimately makes you take the reins Hmm. on everything. And then he will ultimately resent you for taking the reins and rebel Hmm. against it. Just the cycle that is the same thing. He, he has like a three year cycle because it's not just, you know, it's not just drugs that he struggles with addiction on. It's all manner of things Mm -hmm. and you can just kind of see it. But it took me six years of being married to him to understand this three year cycle. It took two whole, I would say, start to finish cycles of this for me to really start mm-hmm. to wrap my mind around it. And then I, then I was kind of struggled with, um, fear because it was like, okay, I can see it starting to happen mm-hmm. and I know oh what's gosh. coming. And then, you know, having to be, or wanting to be a submissive wife and letting my husband lead, but knowing that his decisions are going to affect our entire family. Yeah. That and, at some point he d- almost doesn't have the capacity to, Exactly. You know, but having to navigate those things and try to honor the Lord and honor your husband and, Mm. you know, it, it's a very, it was very challenging. I mean, I'm not going to say that it wasn't. I mean, I I loved my husband very, very much. And I will tell you, I did not think divorce was a good idea. And I told Mm -hmm. Josh that I said, I don't want to do this divorce. If you are, you know, bound and determined, then, you know, it is what it is, but let's don't have attorneys. That's mm-hmm. a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we can give that money to our kids. We can donate it like something, but you know, and every time Josh and I would agree on something, whether it was in mediation or on a phone call or, or whatever, the next day, everything would change. And it took me, uh, three days of fasting and praising about four months after the divorce was filed before, God just lifted me out of that maze and uncovered everything for me. And that's when I discovered what was really happening. And mm-hmm. it was the man that had the power of attorney would call the next day and be like, oh, we changed our minds because he needed division. He was trying to keep his position. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, Josh went on to marry that man's sister and they were married for three months. And then Josh has been divorced now for two years, uh, even from her. So you know, there was just a lot of, just seemed like everything was spiraling out of control. Not that I, you know, I knew I didn't have control anyway, but God kept telling me, you need to offer reconciliation, offer it, you know, even until the day your divorce is rendered. And so I did. And I said, Josh, I said, things just seem to be really like a tornado swirling around us. And it just seems like there's just so much warfare happening. Like, why don't we, I said, all of our paperwork's done. Why don't we just hit the pause button and go to counseling after the baseball season's over and we'll do counseling for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or whatever you're willing to do. And if you still want a divorce after that, I will pay your attorney fees for -hmm. that day. We'll call, we'll get it set on the, you know, the, the, the court date. And, you know, I'll pay your attorney fees. And he said no. 
And at the time I was like, okay, God, why would you have me offer a reconciliation if it's just going to be a no? But fast forward, God showed me out of that, that I can look at my kids right in their eyes when they, Mm. you know, don't want their parents to be divorced and be able to say, I know this sucks. Like it is not fun. Mm. You know, it's painful for me too. I don't, I don't like this. I didn't choose it, you know, but sometimes in life, like things happen that we don't you know, it's not fair. It's not what God wants. It's not, was not his ultimate perfect plan, but there's still good stuff in the hard stuff and God can use it and he's with us and he's going to give us strength to deal with it and to deal with it with grace and with love. And to this day, you know, I want Josh to be so happy. I want him to have the greatest life that Mm. he possibly could have. And I can say that with all the sincerity in the world because it is sincere and authentic and genuine. But I, I can tell you, I would not feel like that if I had not learned that lesson in forgiveness, learned that lesson in obedience, learned that lesson in just letting, like let really listening to, to the Holy spirit and what he's saying to do, even if it doesn't make sense at the time and trusting Mm -hmm. that he sees what we don't see and his goodness is always going to be there and we can trust his heart and his character, even when we don't see the future. Um, and I'm so thankful that I offer reconciliation. I can tell you that even though it was denied, the fact that God led me to do that, I just, I have no regrets. I know that I saw my marriage, even though it didn't make it, I saw mm-hmm. it the whole way through and I didn't ever quit. And I always said, yes. So that is something that helps me sleep at night that, you know, like I've done so many things wrong in my life, you know, but (laughs) that's, you know, we can avoid so many pitfalls and mistakes when we just tune into what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Mm -hmm. And he is right there. He's always faithful. He's never going to leave us, you know, to fend for ourselves. And that is just such a good gift from our good and gracious father that, I feel like is, you know, it's, it's just irreplaceable. It's one thing I'm so thankful for as in the life of a believer. Yeah. I think that's so impactful what you said about that, you know, that you, okay. Like God told me to do this. He told me to extend grace. He told me to extend reconciliation in the face of, I'm sure you had so many people in your life that were like, girl, get out, like be done, you know? And that you did that and that it, it got kind of like shoved back at you. And that's so easy. I think that situation kind of uh, translates into anything. God tells you to walk into something. You walk into it. It falls falls flat and you're like, what the heck? Like, why did, why was I supposed to do that? And Exactly. And, and that on the other side of that, you know, that you were able to discern and kind of hear from God. Like you, I, when you said that about like, I can look my girls in the eyes and, and tell them, I don't want to be divorced either. I fought for this. You know, I, I, you know, I tried to make it work. That's, I think that's so huge, you know, that it's that, it's that premise of like, God really is always working things out for good, even when it's not an immediate good, right? Even when it's not you extended reconciliation and Josh accepted it and now you're happily happily married, that probably in the moment was the good that you thought that it would be. Yeah, definitely. But that it was, just, it was a different kind. It was his, it was God's plan for good. Definitely. And I mean, being able to have that 
that peace of mind and being able to empathize with my kids and know that I'm feeling that pain too. And I can, I didn't cause it. That Mm -hmm. is, has been such a gift to me, such a gift, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not certainly not trying to knock anyone that, you know, doesn't take that route, you know, because like there is grace for every situation, but this is what, you know, God knew that I needed for me to be able to handle this divorce with the level of grace and love that I would need to walk through it in the capacity that he would have me walk through it. You know, everybody has a different, different story and there is redemption for every single one of us, you know, thank God. Uh, Because there are so many times where, like I said, I've just gotten it wrong. I've like willfully rebelled in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, more times than I would like to count, especially, you know, in my younger years. And I told you, like, I knew better. I was a believer. Mm -hmm. So there, there wasn't that, you know, oh, I didn't know God. No, I definitely knew God. Mm -hmm. I just was on Katie's track and it was whatever she wanted to do because she felt like doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are consequences when we disobey. You know, there is grace, but there absolutely there's grace and thank God for that. But there are still consequences for sin. And that's just the, you know, part of God's law. Like, I mean, the the law of the universe that he created, you know, it's it's almost like natural consequences, you know, like. I don't necessarily believe that God punishes us, but there are just like there are consequences for your actions. But he disciplines us. I mean, (laughs) it says in the New Testament that he disciplines those he loves, just like a father. Like if my kids willfully disobey me, you know, I forgive them and I love them. That's never going to change. And there's always grace, but there's consequences also for my children disobeying me. And that's just the way that it is. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, our little families are microcosms of like, God's family and the whole, you know, the, the bride of Christ and all of those things. And anytime I struggle with just understanding that I always go back to how do I feel about my kids? Okay. I love my kids so much. I can't even put it into words. And my love is so imperfect and God's love is so perfect. So I can't even, you know, fathom how much he, loves me. And so if there's a grace for me in that capacity, yes, there are consequences, but that's because he loves me. He doesn't want me to walk into those, those pitfalls. He doesn't want me to get trapped by the enemy and ensnared because I'm believing a lie because that's ultimately going to come back and I'm going to have to walk through the consequences, even though I'm a dearly loved child, you know, God, like I said earlier, God puts boundaries in place for our protection and because he has something better for us in mind. Those are the only two times I've ever found like figured out why does God tell us no well it's either because he's protecting us from something or because he has something better in mind and probably both Mm -hmm. um you know I haven't I haven't really ever experienced that I can think of a time where God said no for another reason besides Mm -hmm. those two things Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and so what what does that look like now like you know we've gone through a lot of history and your story really is so yeah, I just downloaded all of it on, on there. No, like, I love it. And it I, I tried to it. make it in a nutshell. This week's episode is brought to you by the CSB She Reads Truth Bible. This Bible aims to live at the intersection of beauty, goodness, and truth. With almost 200 devotionals, 66 artist-designed key verses, reading plans for every book of the Bible, and more, This Bible invites every woman to count themselves among the She Reads Truth community 
of women in the Word of God every day. You can learn more at csbbible.com or visit lifeway.com to order your copy today. Also, it's available in the very new, very cool CSB, He Reads Truth. What does life look like now after walking through all of that? You know, I mean, there's, there's some things, not some things I'm figuring things out every day, but you know, as far as like practically, what does it look like? I mean, you know, I'm in Texas because Josh is here and he, he wants to be here. Um, so we are sharing custody of our kids. They just started a private school last year that we absolutely love. Um, you know, we, we're doing the 50 50 custody thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I've always been very kind to Josh. I would, and we can, you know, we've always been able to go to sports events and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, you know, I've done that, the television show, marrying millions. Um, I will say that dating in a divorce situation has definitely proven to be more challenging um, mm. than I would have imagined. Uh, it's, you know, it was four years since we'd been divorced before I even considered dating. Mm-hmm. You know, it it definitely definitely has its challenges, at least for me. So yeah. there are, you know, some things, and I, you know, I don't know. If, probably none of your listeners watch the show, but you get <laughs> hey, to man, last, you never you know. know. <laughs> you know, last week in the episode, it was you could see my struggle. Um, you know, my parents or my mother's concern and just, you know, there was a lot that obviously they can't show because mm-hmm. it's time divided between six couples. But, mm-hmm. you know, I will say that it's without giving, you know, kind of like whatever the ending is, I will say that it, it definitely has its challenges. You know, dating is like extremely hard with kids mm-hmm. and, and because mm-hmm. my kids are my priority right now. And when I, if I, if, if and when I ever get remarried, you know, my husband will be number, number two, only to God, you know, Mm -hmm. and practically speaking would be coming before my children. And I'm not ready. I would say for that necessarily at the moment. And so I, I won't get remarried until I know that that's exactly who God has for me. Mm -hmm. And when, and if that does happen, I would imagine I would be okay with I would be okay with that. You know, I would trust him enough to, to be able to defer to his guidance on certain things and know that we're in that together. And it's a partnership, you know, like a, you know, like a ballroom dance. You can't really see the one that's leading, but there is definitely one that's leading. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny, like trying to piece together what's going on now in your life because you're you're on a reality TV show and you can only like divulge so much, but I love that your view and your heart for it continues to be like, I know that God is good and I know that he has good things for me. And I don't know, sometimes you just kind of have to be like, I'm just going to ride that, you know, like I'm just going to. Let me just tell you, my life has been absolutely nothing like I ever thought it would be except I thought I would get married and have kids. When I was a little, little girl, I imagined what my life would be like when I got older. And I thought we would live in DC forever. I thought my parents would be together forever. 
you know, I lost my, my brother when I was 11 and he was eight. He died in a car accident. I was molested when I was a kid. Um, I was raped as a young adult, you know, I mean, I've, and then I married, um, I had a baby at 19, married my now ex-husband and then experienced all that addiction catastrophe. And then on the flip side, you know, he got back into baseball and then shocking to me, he was so good at it. Mm. Then I lived this, you know, whole other life that was amazing. There were, there's been so many mountaintop experiences and then so many deep, dark valleys. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that God is there through all of it. And my life has been so very full, so Mm -hmm. very full. I mean, I've experienced tremendous joy and tremendous grief and sometimes simultaneously. So I, Mm -hmm. I know that that is absolutely possible because joy comes from knowing God, trusting him, feeling the Holy Spirit, just the like feeling the Holy Spirit's manifestation for me was life changing. Mm. And so I can tell you, I have no idea what God has for me in the, <laughs> in the future, but I can tell you that life with Jesus is such an adventure as one I would never want to miss out on no matter what comes. And let me just tell you, we buried my grandmother, who I was very close with this weekend. We buried my father in November. He, he passed away from um, a non-genetic cancer that took all of us by surprise because there's really no cancer anywhere in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he was diagnosed in June and died November 1st. So that was tremendously mm-hmm. difficult. You know, so it hasn't been you know, a year of fairy tales for me. It's there has been some incredible experiences, but like my life, also some really, really hard walks. But that's Mm -hmm. something that Jesus promises us in the New Testament. And he's like, in this life, you're going to have trouble. Like that's going to come. But like we can take heart because we know he's overcome the world. And Mm -hmm. we know that we do. he, He did give us the Holy Spirit so we can take him up on that offer to spend every day with him and know, like I said earlier, we can trust his heart and his character, even when Mm -hmm. things seem to be just falling apart at the seams. And sometimes they do fall apart at the seams and your life may look nothing like you imagined it like mine doesn't, but there's been so many things that have been better than I could have ever fathomed. And the stuff that has been worse than I could have ever fathomed. There have been so many lessons that the Lord has shown me and I've seen so much of his love and grace and mercy um, and his truth in those seasons of, of darkness and Mm -hmm. pain and tragedy that I know his goodness. And so I don't know what, what's coming down the line for me, but I know that it's not going to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's that sure. is proven. That is proven true. Over you know, and, over. and and we're not even really living for this side of eternity anyway. Like this is not our home. You know, this life is, is fleeting. It's fast. And we have to all do our part in fulfilling the great commission and going out into the sort of making believers of, you know, of Jesus and doing our best to, show his love to the world and his grace and his goodness um, and just the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us. So Mm -hmm. we, you know, we have a lot of work to do while we're here, but eternity is for eternity. And I know that that is a place where there are no tears. It is going to be so much better than what we could ever fathom. 
you know? So I just, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to keep it all in perspective, no matter what we're going through yeah. and just trust, trust God's heart and, and really let him minister to us and show us what, you know, what is, what does he want us to learn? What does he want us to see? And he will prove himself to be good and righteous and sovereign every single time. Yes. Amen. Dang. That's so good. And that's, I think the perfect way to kind of like cap off your story. I know that there's so much more to it, but, um, we do rapid fire questions at the end of every interview. Okay. Um, Oh goodness. All right. They're super easy. Do you, do you know anything about the Enneagram? Oh yes. I'm an, I'm an eight. I'm a Me challenger. Too. Are you? Oh yes, yes sister. I and I have it. a I have a seven wing. So Me too. I'm like a challenger <laughs> with a maverick flare. Oh yes. wow. Oh my goodness. I haven't met anybody else that has that dynamic. Yes. Of, and I love that of... you know that it's called the Maverick. Like nobody knows yeah. that. I love it. Yes. It's like the most can be the most amazing mm-hmm. or diabolical personality. <laughs> you know, it's I know. like it's definitely oh, the most like a I think scary. they say it's the most the most energetic combination, I think is what they call it. Uh, that's for dang sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. And I like energetic, but way better than diabolical. Yes, that's only if you're that. very unhealthy, which I have yes. been in the past. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, you know, I always say like eights are real rough when they're not healthy, but then you look around, none of the numbers are fun when they're unhealthy. Oh, like, oh no. None of us are are great when we're unhealthy. So, um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Worship music and prayer and, and fasting. If I'm really, really struggling, fasting is a just, I mean, Mm -hmm. God has shown me so much of himself and just so much, so many incredible things when I really take the time to fast. But worship music pulls me out of a funk pretty much every time. Also. Yeah. And what is the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, oh man, that's a really good one. Maybe my own show. Maybe that <laughs> the show that probably the show that I'm on because yeah. I watch like you know an hour of TV a week basically. Um, I will tell you that I'm kind of a sucker for the Bachelor franchise. I yeah. I really do enjoy it, which is like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do watch the Real Housewives every now and then. Um, I was going to so tell you, just, that is my guilty pleasure is like is Real it, Housewives. OC and Beverly Hills. Those yeah. are my, those are my guilty pleasures for sure. Mine too. Mine too, for sure. <laughs> so that, that and awesome. Bachelor, like, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. it's just no, like probably, no, no judgment yeah. here. No judgment here for us. <laughs> uh, well, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your incredible story and all of the wisdom that comes along with it. I'm so thankful to have been able to kind of share this space for you to really share your heart for Christ and looking back on your story and seeing, seeing how he is woven through all of it. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. That's, um, it's definitely, it's, it's amazing to, to be able to talk about it and share because I, one, it's an amazing reminder for me of, God's grace and goodness, but also I hope that it will help someone encourage them if they're going through the same thing to mm-hmm. just trust in God and know that he's, he's got it and he can be, he can be trusted. He has proven trustworthy yes. time and time again. So yes. just, you know, let, let just give him the reins. He's, he, there's, you know, you don't want anybody else in control anyway. <laughs> so right, exactly. rest assured he, he, he is. So 
Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Tell everybody where to find and follow you, where they can watch your show, all that kind of good stuff. So Mary Millions is on Lifetime Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, I think Twitter and Facebook too. It's Katie Hamilton 32. Awesome. And we will link to all of that in your show description. Katie, thank you so much. Awesome. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you, Blake. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. convenience store a woman asked which zero calorie drink will i like more the cashier said i have a thought coke zero sugar always hits the spot the taste made her heart fill with laughter and with her coke zero sugar she lived happily ever after coca-cola zero sugar unbelievably delicious no trip to the store is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero calorie taste of coke zero sugar 